Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Welcome, listener, to another episode of the Marching In podcast. Who am I joined with? You probably already guessed. It is Sam Appleton. I'm Luke Innes. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot more of a positive pod than I was expecting, to be honest. How about you? Yeah, I think so. I think it's an interesting one because I don't want to be kind of shrouded in outcome bias. And we'll talk about the games in turn, uh, I guess, starting with the most recent one. But as we approach the three games, I think both of us predicted maybe not a single three points within it. To come out with five from the three games is a pretty decent return. Um, but I think, I think you predicted one and I predicted none. So brilliant. So yeah, so it's a, improvement. Well, <laughs> a decent improvement on, on that. Uh, I don't know. I think... My, my, just for like starters, my feeling across the three games was West Ham kind of got away with it. Bournemouth, yeah, maybe a draw was a fairer result based on the underlying numbers and how well we played. And I was probably most impressed with the performance and at least the turnaround on Sunday. Uh, I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, you sort of, I sort of, I had to think a bit more about the West Ham game after it because I, I, I was at the game and I thought oh, I thought we did okay there we missed some chances we could have we could have won it but then I, then I looked at looked at the highlights again and sort of thought about it and I thought no we even in the first half where we did have chances against them West, West Ham had a chance themselves and could have scored Skamak had one or two chances and in the second half we were practically camped in our own penalty area it was and then the only disappointing thing is the, the goal we gave away was pretty avoidable given when you give the best player on the pitch that much space, bad things are going to happen. And lo and behold, bad thing a bad thing happened. And yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. But in terms of the other two games, I mean, the Bournemouth game it wasn't pretty, but it was sort of needed. It, the, the whole not pretty, a not pretty win, and just a clean sheet was needed because it was just getting ridiculous the lack of clean sheets. And yeah, and Sunday was, as I'm sure we'll get to, it was a tough, tough start. But it was it was impressive how he turned it around, especially with the personnel we are missing. Let's start with Sunday then, Sam. I think as you touched upon, it didn't look pretty, and it felt like we were fortunate to go in one down at halftime with the openings they had. But we did make a switch when we were kind of getting carved open time and time again. We went to a more traditional three centre-halves with El Yanusi as that kind of right-wing-back, right-sided defensive player, uh, which kind of steadied the ship. I actually thought we really grew into the game. Arsenal looked tired, but all in all, for me, again, as I've touched on, out of the three performances we're going to talk about now, 
I think it was the best one of the lot. And and ultimately, Arsenal never really looked like winning it in that second half, which is kudos to us. And I've touched on the tiredness, but I thought we maybe had the opportunity to go and get three points. We didn't ultimately carve out any clear-cut chances bar the Armstrong one in that second half. But pretty good showing. Yeah, I mean, as you said, the first half was tough. And then obviously the change of shape happened. We sort of, it was just so, even even shape aside, it was just so, so passive in the first 20, 25 minutes. It just seemed like they were just, they could have scored when they wanted to. Remind me a little bit at the start of the Chelsea home game last season. Obviously, ended up ended up 6-0, which, which is pretty, it could have been a lot more. But um, yeah, we really, we grew into the game. We, um, like you said, Arsenal did tire second half, and I can't really remember Bazunu having to make any saves in the second half, to be honest. And obviously, uh, Jesus had that one-on-one where Elianusi made a really good recovery tackle. But other than that, I just don't really remember them carving us open at all in the second half. And I thought the last 20 minutes, if anyone's, anyone was going to win the game, obviously it may have been a big ask the way the game had gone, but I thought if anyone was going to win the game in the last 20 minutes, it would have been us. Agreed. Uh, I guess big incidents throughout the game. Bazunu made a couple of very good stops in that first half, I thought. And I think instead of taking these games as silos across the three fixtures, he's again just showing that we've got a very talented keeper in Gavin Bazunu, um, showing why he's number one and why he's the youngest starting goalkeeper in the league. Um I thought defensively, and again, it showed on Wednesday night with a clean sheet, but I think we probably are looking at a, a very decent kind of centre-back pairing in Salisu and, and Chaleta Saar. Let's, I guess, also talk about the dark arts of a certain uh, Lianco. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen all the compilations, including the official one that Saints put together themselves, but Oddly, we kind of have a bit of a, a cult hero in someone that's played so few minutes <laughs> and now is just a, a genuine legend. Uh, and yeah, what, what do you make of all that? Um, it's, it's a tricky one for me because I'm, I'm a very much a, I'm a bit of a killjoy for this sort of thing. But yeah, he did his, he did his job well on Saturday at the football side of things. He, I mean, he did run the risk a few times at the weekend of, of being sent off and leaving us massively exposed. <laughs> I don't really know what I don't really know what he was doing at the end with Inketia. I mean, of all the pla- I mean, I can't imagine any Eddie Inket is really someone that's going to roll you up and cause you to react like that or or really be someone who you want to get into a scrap with. But yeah, it just seemed just everything he did was just so weird. Like weird, some some of it worked. The clearance he made in his own bo- like near his own box. And then somehow nearly played off to win because he hit it right up in the air. The <laughs> I knew as soon as, I knew as, soon as that ball in. was going up in the air, Sam, sorry to cut you off. I knew as soon as that ball was going up in the air, it was landing in a dangerous position. <laughs> you could see by the way, like the vigour he went at the ball with. Um, yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> and then, yeah, then the overhead kick ended up being a, a really good pass back to Wall Prowse. It was just, yeah, it ended up being a lot of carnage and... Yeah, the crowd bought into it, and fair play. He's, he's a passionate guy, and he he did well on on Sunday. I'm I'm not convinced he's a starter for us going forward, even on Saturday. I, I mean, 
we'll get onto Palace in a bit, but him against Zaha on Saturday could be uh, could be one for the ages. But although I say one for the age, I'm not sure it will last ages, to be honest, because I think <laughs> one of them will be off the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah the defensively, it looked more solid. As you said about the goalkeeper, it's really encouraging because obviously he's had one or two iffy moments this season. The goal at Wolves, the goal at Villa we spoke about before, but no, he's really, really grown in confidence. You can tell that the clean sheet, he deserves a clean sheet. I mean, being stuck behind that defence most of the season it must must be very tough, even though I think we've improved defensively, but I feel that the whole team is susceptible to the laps is not just our defence. And um, there's one player who doesn't really get enough credit, I think, is Roman Perrault. I've really been really, really impressed with him lately. And he's, um, I mean, I was, imp- I was impressed with him last season at times, to be fair. I thought he really, when we were playing well, that was when when he was playing playing at his best. And yeah, he's, he looks really, really shrewd signing. Yeah, agreed. I was going to call out Perrault. I actually looked at our average positions because our shape was different throughout different periods of the game on Sunday, but he's one of our highest players on the pitch in terms of his average position. And like he can clearly strike a ball, whether that's delivering like he did for um, Shea's goal on on Wednesday. And he obviously played his part in the equaliser as well on Sunday. It was a really nice move that, I, I guess, let's kind of talk about the goal. And again, someone who we've given pretty hard time to is Mohamed El Yanoussi. I think he's come out of the three fixtures pretty well. Since we last spoke, I would say he's had his best performances of the season, if you want to take all three of those games. And I've been pretty impressed with him again on Sunday. And the defensive work and will to get back was great. But we've seen so many times him get into really good positions like Sunday and just not play the right ball or, you know, shoot maybe if he's got the opportunity to do that the goal was so nice it's a rebo that dummies it isn't it and it goes through to Perode. but the kind of connections that that showed that actually we kind of can put okay moves together I know it didn't happen so frequently on Sunday apart from that one but it was such a nice goal I had like I think it may have even started with Bazuna correct me if I'm I'm wrong on that but I think it's we we basically go back to front within around about six or seven passes um, and the finish is very smart from Armstrong as well to take it early, and Ramsdale hasn't really got a chance. It was just like, I think for the first time this season, like a proper sort of team goal, good passing patterns, like players doing the right thing. And whatever happened from Sunday, I was kind of buoyed by that alone because we've seen that so infrequently this season. Yeah, I was thinking about the goal earlier, actually. I was thinking, when was the last time we actually scored a goal that that good in terms of a team goal. Obviously, we've had, we had a few long-range strikes in the past year or so. I guess the goal against... Walker Peters' goal against Leeds was good, but I suppose that was just sort of one pass from Sekimara. Mm, but mm. in terms of an actual team goal, this must be the best one we've scored in a long time because, I mean, a lot of our... We rely, we rely on a lot of set pieces and... Yeah. This was actually made by us rather than us winning the ball high up the pitch, which quite often is is our go-to in terms of how we create chances. But this is completely of our own making. It was a really, really good move. And I mean, yeah, like you said, we've given Peltas there in new seat times this season. And we're really surprised. We've been surprised at times that he's kept his place. But no, it was a really good move. And 
to take the to take the shot so early from Armstrong. Like you said, it gave Ramsdale absolutely no chance. And yeah, it was a great goal. Just a shame we couldn't really kick on him and make any create anything else after that. But maybe after last season's robbery against the St. Mary's, maybe another three <laughs> points might have been a bit greedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, very very good point. And I think for me again, as I've said, the best showing across the week. We can touch on the other games now. Uh I was going to say before before go we go on to that. Have, have you seen some of the compilations Arsenal fans have made about the refereeing performance? The I have, I have. I was going to go on to exactly that because it kind of beds together <laughs> the points on Lianco and uh, those compilations. Um, I mean, you know, Arsenal fans wetting the bed, not so surprised about that. I think. You know, Lianco, as you've touched on, was treading a very thin line at points. And if the referee or VAR in maybe two or three of those instances really wanted to kind of look at them, it, it could have been a slightly different story. But and something I did want to say about our own fans on social media talking around once Lianco started doing that, the likes of Martinelli were far less prominent in the game. And if you almost take out his ability as a as a footballer or it kind of in my opinion lack thereof we do have someone that you know gets our own fans going and is just relatively imposing and like you've covered the points very well including the Nketiah incident which I just think is silly on his part but it did start to sort of stem the the flow of Arsenal attacks and also swing the game in in our favour somewhat and I think yeah, I don't know. The, the broader refereeing decisions, I'm, I'm trying to think of ones that, yeah, did, didn't uh, go Arsenal's way. The Saka dive, it, really hard to see what actually happens with one of his feet that might get caught, but it does look like he's looking for it. Yeah, just look, there's contact is back, but I mean, it's nowhere, mm. it's nowhere near as bad as the Walcott dive. I mean, I've oh seen my it God. again, and that is just, well, I don't know. He's, I mean, was the last time he came on before before today before Sunday? Was that was it Spurs away the last time he actually played? Mate, I, can't, it was... I can't think of the last time he actually came. And even that game, he nearly he gave the ball away or didn't chase back, and they that's what the, they disallowed goal in the last minute. It was just yeah. One of the was, one uh, of the compilations like... I saw says that he, he he it does look like quite a nasty tackle on Tierney. Have you seen that one? So that's I remember Tierney going. I remember Tierney going yeah. down just after and he came Walcott, I think if they slow it down, I was like, "Oh God, that is rash." Obviously, Walcott's trying to like, you know, basically all he can do these days is sort of hurry about and rush defenders, and he it's quite nasty. And then you know, people are saying that should have been a second yellow card for a very blatant dive, which was horrific. It was almost like he was embarrassed and wanted the referee not to even notice that he'd done it because he starts trying to tackle while he's still on the floor, clearly not looking for a foul. It was just embarrassing. Um, again, I thought um, Idozi came on and, and looked good and threatening and went past players again. Like It was good to see him get minutes in an environment like that because it was relatively you know, tight game, right? And we've probably seen him a bit more when we're searching for something. And I thought he came on and did a lot of good things. Commentary on Sky as well praised his his cameo. So, yeah, it was, I guess, <laughs> slightly odd to see Walcott back. But I think, you know, we did look the most threatening in those final final stages. Were there any other refereeing incidents that we're missing? I'm just trying to think. There was a challenge on Tierney near, near the Northern Stands mm. that they, they mentioned, but just didn't really see anything in that. I mean, he was down for a while, but... 
Yeah, I mean, it I, just seemed, t- as soon as t- as soon as Tierney came on, it just seemed to be getting the brunt of everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. a little bit sorry for him. They slowed it down. They slowed it down again on the same compilation that I watched. And I don't think Al Yunusi's meant it, but if you slow it down, you know, frame by frame, it almost looked like he's just clocked him and just punched him <laughs> as the ball's in the air. So I, I actually think Tierney does probably get caught by a hand, but I don't really think it's intentional by Al I don't think you can give a penalty for it. But yeah. There are I did bring the funniest moment of the game. I did bring the funniest moment of the game when... Um... Obviously, the Arsenal fans appealed for that, but then the bat, the ball didn't go out of play for another like five minutes. And it, I don't. Did you watch it on TV? I don't know who did. That, was it Arteta who got booked, or was it uh, one of the coaches? Uh, no, one of the coaches. Yeah, because when when the ref went over to the coach, they, the, the Arsenal fans in the away end thought he was going over to look at the screen. Ah, so oh, that is the, brilliant. The, the cheers and everything like that, and then then all of a sudden he pulls out the yellow cards, but one of the coaches. So that was the. That, that was is good. So fun. good. I love stuff another, like that. Another incident, unfortunately, there was when when Arsenal scored, there was a lot of uh, murmurings in the home end. I think there's quite a lot of Arsenal. Ah, yet again, there. yet again, and again, another thing yeah. I've seen on social media over the last week is basically people uh, away fans commenting on you know our social media posts and others saying they're going to be in the home end for X game coming up. Um, I think Newcastle uh, fans are the next ones, but uh, so many Arsenal fans were commenting on on posts saying I'm going to be in the home end for this one, etc. Clearly, something but needs my, to be done. My feeling on this is, look, I've done it before, but there's an etiquette, isn't there? If you, if you sit in the home end, there's just an etiquette. You don't mm. be a dickhead and celebrate. And there's even been people that have been let in wearing shirts. It's in the home end. It's mental. What, what, I don't know what go through people's mind. I saw. Someone getting a lot of short shrift in the Kings of North getting thrown out when uh, after the goal, and there was a few around the ground. It's yeah, it's. I mean, all they'll probably do is shut another block of our fans, which is just a punishment. <laughs> we'll have no blocks left by the end of this season. Too many away fans uh, causing issues. So um, let's move on to Bournemouth because uh, I want to talk about that. It was tough on it. It was a tough watch on it. Yeah, yeah, it really was. <laughs> It was just, it was just drab, and like Bournemouth are a, a tough watch. I mean, so are we most of the time. <laughs> it was good to get the early goal and kind of think, you know what? I'm happy for this to be a scrappy affair. Like you say, we kind of needed a game like that. Um, but you know, the game wasn't without incident. I mean, they're potentially fortunate not to um, concede a penalty. <laughs> Mepham's tackle on Aze Mate and Niles, which I think is yeah, bordering on yeah, I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that till recently. Yeah. It's quite bad, isn't it? Yeah, really bad. I mean, Mate Niles is so lucky that his momentum kind of takes him away from the challenge. Because I mean, it could it could be a you know a, a genuinely season-ending tackle. That I mean, um, I was at the game. Did did the ref look at it or it was just no, literally nothing. I, did he get? No, he did. The linesman. The linesman calls it because it's right in front of him if memory serves I'm now thinking about it and I think he gets booked right I'm pretty sure it's he does it's a red card I mean the, the handball yeah. is like I mean I watched the West Ham Bournemouth game last night I have no idea what handball is anymore <laughs> I just have no idea yeah that is that was just bizarre it's like the most unnatural position but are they, they're not are they doing it on unnatural position now that's the bit I don't really understand so much. Is it still the silhouette of the kind of body in different movements? 
Do you mean the Carrow one or the? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Um, the, so that's I... just because because it didn't lead to the goal directly. They give it because accidental didn't lead to the goal. He literally it's not volleyball. He punches it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I just don't get uh, it anymore. It's so crazy. I don't think it was. Uh, uh, at Hamble, Bournemouth fans were aggrieved. Um, I think Bazunu had another good game. I think Chaletta, Saar, good game. Maitland Niles as well. Obviously, he couldn't play on Sunday because he was ineligible. But I think it kind of feels like we we've got okay depth now. And we'll talk about Palace in a sec. But I'd be interested to know your thoughts on where maybe maybe Maitland Niles comes back in because probably deserves a spot in that starting eleven again. Even though Diallo, I don't think it was particularly bad on Sunday but would that be in central midfield or right back do you think this coming Saturday um, I think right back I think he's probably more but with Walker Peters and Livermento being out I mean I, I, like I said I wouldn't want to risk Lianca against Zaha a, a for ability and B because I'll probably get sent off <laughs> and um, make the he was, he was good probably... at Bournemouth right you, you you agree on that point like I, yeah I, yeah, I had, do and also, had a good game but I mean Diallo was Still better than Wall Prowse on Sunday for, for, for me. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. He just gives the ball away so much. It's just he just doesn't look right at all. But yeah, um, I would I would bring him back at right back on on, on Saturday. But I mean, who knows what Ralph would do? I just yeah. want to. It'd be interesting how far how far off Lavia is. I've got I've got a feeling Lavia may not be risked before the World Cup, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. I think. Look, sort of turgid affair. We ground out the one nil. I, it's tough, isn't it? Because you come away from that game thinking, right, three points, great. And we're 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 Saints fans, right? We want us to win. But I did try and like temper that somewhat and say we we've beaten a relatively poor Bournemouth side, and I think the performance was average. And for once, we kind of take one of those half chances because the head is not easy from Adams. I think it's a you know, a decent delivery, obviously, but that he's like coming away from it. And I think mm. he he has that in his locker, right? He takes those half chances or, or less easy chances and misses you know, better ones. He missed, if we go back, you know, a few days further to the West Ham game, you missed, I think, two easier chances in 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 that game. Yeah, watching those chances back, I found the first one was easier. The second one was slightly behind him, a bit yes. tough. And Fabian yeah, yeah, yeah. did make a good save. Um, yeah, yeah, it just seemed the Bournemouth game, like you said, was really, was really a really tough watch, but we just seemed to make the wrong decisions a lot. The amount of times in the second half, we seemed to break away on the counter attack, and it, whether it was Eddie Anusi, whether it was Adam Armstrong, who mm-hmm. I thought had I thought has been very, very lucky to keep his place in the team in the last week or so. I mean, I know Adams had a knock on Sunday, so that's probably why Adams Adams didn't start and, and Armstrong yeah. did. But his decision making at times is so poor, and like I know Gineppo as well when he came on against Bournemouth, if he just squared it to Adams, he would have, would have had a tap in. We just needed to be a bit more intelligent and more ruthless. We could have, we, we should have. I mean, Bournemouth are a poor team. I still think Bournemouth will probably go down. I think yeah. they'll, I think they'll drop, and especially I think if Solanke has got an injury now, I know. He, I mean, if it's not that bad, he'll probably be back in a, in a few games because of the World Cup anyway, but. I just don't see how they how they're going to stay up. I know they've had a bit of a bounce with, with uh, Gary O'Neill been in, but um, yeah, like last night they looked poor, looked really toothless, and I never, despite the fact they had a lot of the ball against us on Wednesday, I never thought I never really felt they were going to score, which is a really odd feeling for a team attacking against Saints. 
<laughs> you know what? I mean, look, West Ham had a shitload of shots against us over a week ago. If you take the three games, I think defensively across the three games, pretty good, bar maybe like that 20-minute spell as you touch on against Arsenal and the second half, maybe we kind of got away from away with one. But, you know, things like Skamaka's chances or half chances on that Sunday fixture against us, they were like snapshots, quite a lot of them. And, yeah, I think we were relatively fortunate to, to get a point there. But we do look bit more solid than I kind of anticipated us to. And if we even think about the games that we've lost this season, I think we obviously went into that West Ham game on a run of, is it four defeats or was it three defeats? But anyway, they were, I think it was four defeats, wasn't it? If you think about um, Wolves, Villa, Everton and City. Um, City, I think is, you know, you you almost take that away from the other results, but it didn't look like we're going to get carved open pretty much all three were relatively poor games if I think about those tight ones. And we've managed to convert that into points over last week. I'm not taking loads from it in terms of really positive about, say, Ralph and what we've done tactically. But I think to give us our kind of dues, defensively, we're looking all right. And the underlying numbers in terms of our expected goals conceded across the season actually aren't that bad. Now, I think another game you can probably take out this season is probably the Spurs game. Not obviously, I mean, we still got done 4-1. But in terms of the personnel that played that game, I mean, you look back at it now and the personnel we started in that game is bizarre beyond belief. I can't get over how weird that selection was. <laughs> and, uh, and We said at the time it felt like a pre-season game, didn't it? felt like a, it yeah. was just still figuring stuff out. It was like a shot to nothing. Since we've played, since you started playing proper defenders in their, in their positions, we've looked fine. We've looked fine at the back. It's been going forward. It's been the warrior going forward, and and the midfield's been the warrior as well since since Lavia got injured. It's been it's been a real worry. I mean, hopefully he's back soon, as I said. But it shouldn't it shouldn't be if, as I've said so many times, it shouldn't be a thing where we're relying on an eighteen year old to bail us out who's played four senior games. Um, but yeah, defensively, you just you can tell there's a lot lot more solidity, solidity there, and yeah, it's testament to the to the signs we've made. I mean. You sort of looked at it in the summer where we signed these centre backs. You're like, why are we bringing these? Why are we bringing centre backs? And we don't need centre backs, but we did. We needed we, not just not just depth. But we needed more quality in depth. It was, it, was all, it was all well and good having a lot of centre backs, but the centre backs we had were shit. <laughs> Let's be honest. Stevens and Bednarek, as as much as they, they've had good games in the past, we know what their limitations are. And since Chaletta Sara and Belakotchak have come in and Salisu, I think, looked really good in the last few games. I think yeah. his passing was a bit was a bit off at times on Sunday, but defensively, he's looked, he's looked back to his best recently. Yeah, agreed, agreed, mate. And now I think the like attention turns in January to a similar strength in depth in attacking areas because you called it in terms of moments against Bournemouth. And also, I think moments in that first half against West Ham, like we had chances to kind of properly put pressure on them. They didn't really impose themselves in that game until the second half, in my opinion. Um, we need better players than than Gineppo, than Adam Armstrong. There's a moment on Sunday where Saliba plays a stray ball. I don't know if you remember the moment from the game. And Armstrong is running at Gabriel with the opportunity to either go round him or play the right ball. Aribo's up in support. It's effectively a two-on-two situation. 
better Premier League attacking players do the right thing in that situation and at least create a chance or get a shot off. It comes to nothing. And I think you've probably been pushing this slightly more than I have. I personally don't think his quality on the ball is, is good enough for a Premier League team. And I think your point about does he keep his place moving forward or should he have kept his place over the last couple of games, it's probably his uh, off-the-ball work that Ralph appreciates most. And he does work very hard. I think we need a little bit more than that. But to be fair to the guy, he he does work hard. And as I've said, the attention I think now has to turn once we're out of this next three games to what we do in January in the attacking areas. Sam, before we move into the Palace fixture, which is our, our next game on Saturday, what do the last three results do to the Ralph situation? Do you mean for me or do you mean for the what I think will happen? Yeah, let, I think talk a little bit about your your kind of personal perspective, but also what you think, you know, it does in terms of his stock within the club. Um, well, firstly, I think it probably, I mean, I think it definitely gives him to the World Cup. I still think he's sort of on a on a knife edge, especially with a lot of fans. I mean, even at Bournemouth last week, you may you probably heard it on the on the on the TV that was it when he brought Lianco on. He, there was still some dis there's some chance against him and you know I, I never really I never really take part in chance like that it just, I don't think it, it really helps the team I don't think it helps anything really obviously there's a lot of discontent there still um, but it just seems like he I've said to a few people at work this week he just he's another Houdini act he's done it again he's you think literally you think I mean I think the West Ham draw was it was an okay result if we'd beaten Bournemouth which we did and all of a sudden the win at Bournemouth I think it's bought him a lot. I think it's probably bought him a lot of time. I think if we'd lost to Bournemouth, he was gone. I think this would be a very, very different podcast. <laughs> I think we've... Um, but in terms of my view, I still think it's... I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to explain, really, because as much as I want him, I still think he should, shouldn't be there. I just know in my head, head that he's not going to go. Not at the moment, anyway. I think he he gets at least to the World Cup and probably beyond that. Yeah, you almost can't waste the mental space <laughs> on it. You know, it's there's literally no point even thinking about because my opinion is similar to yours. I think right now in that I see this as the beginning of the end for Ralph, and ultimately have done probably over the last five to six games. And I also sense there's just a, a kind of apathy around the club towards him and the team right now. And you kind of see it, I think, sometimes in small things and potentially it's been masked by the attitude of players like Lianco over the last couple of fixtures. But it, it does feel like there isn't that buoyancy that you should maybe expect with a young sort of vibrant team. I appreciate the players aren't good enough, but I also think we need a change in the dugout to get the most from the investment that is undoubtedly going to come as well in the coming sort of one to two years. But yeah, I mean, I guess we, we kind of think I also now. Think you can't go on. I also think you just can't, if you look at some a team like Wolves at the moment, the way they yeah, are. Exactly. You can't, say, you exactly can't that. leave, you have to have someone lined. If you get rid of a manager, you have to have someone lined up. They've left themselves in a mess. Like a week ago, they said, we're going to keep Steve Davis till the end of the year. And now they get done. I mean, 
it was a bit, it was a bit of a mental game, wasn't it? The four 0 against Leicester. I think they'd actually had more. They had a lot more shots than Leicester did. And Leicester beat them four 0 But yeah, was it Leicester scored get, six goals from five shots on target in their last two fixtures? I, I saw somewhere. Yeah, anyway, it was sort of reminiscent of um, reminiscent of when we beat them six 0 at Molyneux back in two thousand and seven. <laughs> it was like we think we had six shots on target. We scored six goals, and they they were balls played quite well and uh, managed to lose six nil. Um, yeah, we can't leave ourselves in that sort of situation. If Ralph is going to go, which I, I still I agree with you, I still think the end is it's still building towards the end, and I don't think we're that far away from it. But if if we get to the end of Ralph, we have to have the someone ready to go. We can't be we can't be dicking around with a, a caretaker for three or four weeks. We're not we're not a team that can afford to do that because we'll get cut adrift. And I think Wolves are lucky they. The Premier League's quite bad at the moment that they're not going to get cut adrift, I'd imagine, for the moment. Mate, I couldn't really agree with you more uh, on, on that point. I was going to make exactly the Wolves point and, and also I, I don't think Emery's a bad appointment and obviously he's a relatively big name for Villa, but that appointment feels a little rushed in, in my opinion. And I think if you haven't potentially got the right person lined up, then probably do what Saints are doing right now. I feel like that is, I think, the best course of action. What I will and say as, is the players, are, the players are clearly playing for him still. Yeah, yeah. Sun, Sunday was, I think, a big step in the direction to make me think there is still some fight here and players aren't, as some people have you know, suggested on Twitter, aren't downing tools. Samuel, we have chatted about the three games, chatted a little bit on Ralph. Let's pivot to the Palace game. They come off the back of quite a surprise result. Everton put together three excellent goals. I think the game was maybe slightly more even than a 3-0 defeat for them. But they've had a pretty mixed start to the season. I think for all the excitement that was natural around a manager like Vieira and players like Elise and Eze, obviously Zahar's had a very good season thus far as well. Like they're coming into this fixture probably needing a win as much as we are. Yeah, it's a place we normally do quite well at as well, isn't it, Sunday's Park? Um, they are a funny side palace. Obviously, they've lost, I mean, their best player last season by Mar was Conor Gallagher and then, and he's not been replaced this season, really. So they're definitely missing him because I find... That their team is very much a mishmash of, like you say, exciting players, Eze, Elise, Zaha. But then you've got people like Joel Ward, who aren't, I mean, who aren't that excited. Milivojevic is still there. James MacArthur. Even, I mean, I'm not a big fan of their goalkeeper, to be honest, either. And, um, and it's just such a mishmash of players. And it's, the, it's an opportunity to get some points. I mean, as much as they have got some good players, we, there's no reason why we can't go there and get something. And um, yeah, it's going to be a very tough game. But like, like I said, we, we have got a good record there. Ralph, Ralph's got a good record there. And if we turn up with um, the right, I mean, if defensively we have to be we have to be on it because they got some, like you say, some very good players going forward. But if we can if we can manage those players, then yeah, we've got a chance. Yep, agreed, Sam. I I don't think we're going to lose. I don't know if that's kind of recency bias in terms of their results and ours, but I just feel I feel relatively confident going into this. Maybe I shouldn't. Uh, I would 
obviously like to see Adams back in the starting lineup. I think, yeah, you touched on it being a knock. We hope that he, he's all right. He's a very important player for us. and was very important, obviously, in the, the win at Bournemouth. I'd like to see him start. I think Arebo is starting to show glimpses of sort of the player that we thought we were getting. I've been very impressed with him really in the last kind of four to six weeks. I think we've got a very good player in Joe Rebo. Um, and I still think that we should maybe be giving a starting berth to a dozy, but I know Ralph and I know that he likes that off the ball element of people like Armstrong, um, like El Yanusi. Uh, and, and I think, you know, Stu had probably one of his better games on Sunday as well, including obviously getting a, a very good goal. So be interested to see who starts. We touched on it earlier. You expect to see Maitland-Niles at, at right back? Uh, I don't know if I expect it, but that's what I would do. Uh, I, just a bit more experience against a player like Zaha. And as you said, I, I don't think a Dozy will start. We're, we're, the players we have to watch on Saturday are Elise Eze and Zaha. And someone like Eddie Anusi or Adam Armstrong with, with their tracking back and defensive defensive work will they'll they'll get the nod, let's be honest. Ralph will pick those again, those sort of players against um against Palace. Yeah. Uh our remaining three fixtures before we break for the World Cup are Palace, Newcastle, Liverpool away. Is that right? We've obviously got the Carabao Cup game as well in there. Yeah. So yeah, nice. Okay, quick predictions on how many points we'll get from the next three, Sam, before we wrap up. Um, two. Ooh, okay. I'm going four. Don't know where the three points will come, whether it's at Selhurst Park or... I was going to say four, but I thought in my head, where are we going to win? And I don't know. I, I <laughs> can't pick point. Them I just said the number Pro- four because it's... Probably Anfield. Probably Anfield. The way yeah. things are going this season, maybe Anfield. And they look shit as well. So, yeah, hopefully. Mate, it's been great to chat all things Saints. We're going to wrap it up there. Thank you, listener, for staying the course. Any final words, Sam, before we close it out? Uh, not, not really for me. Let's, uh, let's hope Selhurst Park will bring us three more points. Indeed, mate. Have a great week and new listener. Speak to you soon.